I'm, a, I'm going to pull a text from two portions of Scripture. The first is Matthew uh, 1, 21. She will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name the what? The Lord of salvation, for he will save his people from their sin. Uh, I want you to, to, to cluing on that, that phrase, his people from their sin. I want you to see that he is, before you were born, he had already included you in his people. Before your great, grand, great, 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 great grandmama and pop ever saw the light of day from somebody's womb that, that God had already not just identified Israel as his people, but identified you. Do you see that? That this text does not say he will, he will what? He will save Israel from their sin. He says his people. Second Chronicles 7, 14 and 15. If, if, I, if I release every painful, hurtful, I'm just paraphrasing, every, everything that could destroy, that can, mar, that can mess up your life into the world, and you are affected by it, if my people, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name, that is, that is the criteria, you accept Jesus as your Savior, you receive salvation, you take ownership, of your, your, your son and daughtership. And you automatically become what? His people. If my people who are called by my name, Christians, Christ followers, God chasers, called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Humble themselves and pray. Humble themselves and pray. And turn from their wicked ways. I'm going to hear. I'm going to hear. I'm going to hear. I'm going to hear what they say. I'm going to hear when they cry. I'm going to hear when they call. I'm going to hear them. I'm going to hear them. I'm going to forgive their sin. And I'm going to heal their land. That's what he said. My people. My people, I want to get that in there, that you are the my people he's talking about. Uh, go to the second text, uh, Isaiah 9 and 6. Isaiah 9 and 6, write these things down, scribble them down somewhere, put a note somewhere. Because many of you do not go back to the broadcast to re-listen to this stuff. So I got to get it while it's hot, and if I don't make you get it when it's hot, for many of you, it's gone. For to us a child shall be born. If you read it in other translations, it says, For unto us a child is born. The reason I chose the Amplified Version is because I want you to understand that this was written about the coming Messiah 700 years before he ever showed his face. And I like the way that the Amplified Version says it. For unto us a child shall be born, because he hadn't come yet. To us a son shall be given. And the government 
shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God. Or you can put the two together. Wonderful Counselor Mighty God Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. I'm going to pause there for a moment because what I would like to talk to you about is the subject, what child is this? What child is this? You know the song that we've sung before? What child is this? Yeah. You know that song. I heard that song playing the other day in the radio, and it, that, it just resonated with me, Mom. What child is this? What child is this? And I, I knew I was thinking about Jesus, but then I started to remember my own son. I started to remember when Dave was a little guy. Right there. That so many times I, I would look at this youngster coming up and I would say, what child is this? It was always in awe. I remember at two years old, he was always all over the place. My eldest son, Avery, was the one that, that you could say, Ave, sit here. Don't you move. And you would, he would come back 30 minutes later and he would play with everything around him that he could find. He would not move from there. But that young man right there that I love so much, the Dave man. You no need to tell him sit right there because you just say the word and keep the paddle right in your pocket because you will have to use the paddle because you ain't going to sit right there. I remember two years old, two or three years old, we, we, we were all preparing. It, had, it was Christmas time, actually. We were all preparing, wrapping presents. Everybody's running around. And in the midst of everything, I, I, we, we suddenly realized that Dave, w w he's always, he's too, he's always, something is cracking, a, a toy is, but no sound. Suddenly, where's Dave? What child, where's Dave? And now we're panicking, uh, 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 let me go check and see. We I walk all over, we're checking. And we entered the bathroom. And there's Dave. Standing like Hercules with his diaper on. Not, it's not embarrassing, son. You were only two. You know. <laughs> and he has proceeded to get all of the Vaseline in the huge jars. And he has stuck both paws in it like a, a, a little critter. And he's got it on him and he's, he just rubs himself down. I mean, he is slick as ever. It's all over his head. There wasn't a spot that did not have Vaseline. It's on the floors. By this time, he's trying to walk and it's getting on the floors. You try to walk into the door and you're slipping because there's Vaseline all over and to make it better, he gets the big 
jar of Johnson Baby's powder, and he just a shaking away. It is all over his face, on top of the grease. He looks like a, a I don't even know what to call him. Looking there, and I say, Dave, what, what are you doing? He's like, he's laughing. He's just got that. <laughs> Do you see me, Daddy? He doesn't even know that this right here is not what you're supposed to do with powder and Vaseline. And I said, what child is this? I was not expecting that. My eldest would sit. He wouldn't do it if you don't tell him to do it. I remember standing on the outside of the apartment complex and there are about five steps here, and I want to be the Hercules dad to my family. And I say, Dave, do you want daddy to catch you? And without answering, he just jumps. Do you want daddy to catch you? You expect to say, yes, daddy, and you just get ready. No! Those were some of my what child is this experiences. What child is this? That's what was said about Jesus uh, because there, there are a couple of things that really kind of gets me to thinking. The first is that he was born into relative obscurity. That, that an angel comes to his mother-to-be and tells her, you're going you're gonna to have a child, and it ain't coming from sex. God's going to put him inside of you, and I don't want you to be afraid. And she's terrified because she's engaged to this guy Joseph waiting for the marriage question to come up and now you tell me I'm going to have a child and I haven't done anything and then this angel goes from her after she tells Joseph what was going on and she, she he says I, I don't you saw it in the, skit, uh, the, the program last week I want nothing to do with this. I will divorce you, put you aside quietly. And the angel comes and meets Joseph one-on-one -on -one and tells him by himself, listen, hold it, brother, hold it, hold it. This, this is a special woman. She's carrying a special child. You're going to be a special father. So, so, so buckle up because we want, God wants you to step in there and take ownership of this baby because this is a God child. What child is this? What child is this? He's born into relative obscurity. On the night of his birth, on the night of his birth, the angels show up to speak to some shepherds watching, poor shepherds out there watching their flock, saying, the Messiah is about to be born tonight. 
I want you to see this. I want you to, to, to see what, what, according to the world standards, this is not a king. What child is this? He comes up and his, he's born in a stable where nobody wants to be born. No one, whoever wishes for their child, that the first smell of humanity that hits their nose when they come out of the womb is cow doo-doo. But there was Jesus, delivered, and the first thing he smells is what is around him in this animal confinement called a stable. And then to make it more special, he is laid in a manger or a feeding trough with some hay on it. And then around that, you've got animals mulling around. You've got shepherds, animals on the outside of the stable. <laughs> mulling around while he's being delivered. And then, right after delivery, shepherds come and they are in the waiting room. And the grand entrance are the wise men or the astrologers who had read, you can call them crazy, because what they read about the coming child in Isaiah was from 700 years of prophecy. And they literally were so wise that they believed it. Well, according to everyone else, they were stupid. You don't just get on your camel back then and travel 6,000 miles because of something you read that's 700 years old. And they did it. What child is this? What child is this? I look at that picture and it doesn't say king to me. It, it, it does not say majestic one. It, it does not say God Almighty. It does not say Everlasting Father. It does not say Prince of Peace. And yet that's what Isaiah calls him. And then I'm reminded, Sister Johnson, Sister Jefferson, that in every one of those instances, celestial deity was involved. While things looked as if they were not kingly here, there was some kingly stuff going on in the atmosphere that no one could see. The star that was designated for his birth shows up. Well, last of you heard somebody having a star that highlighted their birth. Have you ever heard that before? But, but he had one. When last have you heard of, of an angel showing up at anybody's house to tell them about their baby? Mary did. When last have you heard about 
a father who has all the right because he did not have sex with her to refuse to step into fatherhood and then an angel appears to him and then angels appears to shepherds in the field watching over their sheep there was so much excitement going on in heaven Matthew says as soon as the angels were done speaking to the angel was finished speaking to the shepherds a little crack came in the cloud and all of a sudden the shepherds could see and hear a host of angels singing Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. You see, if you only see what God is doing in your life with natural eyes, you're going to miss what he's trying to do in the supernatural for you. I don't know about you, but this year, I have said it on Power Up. I've said it in church. I refuse to be sidetracked with all the gifts. I love gifts. I love my cards. I love singing Merry Christmas. I love all of the excitement of Christmas. But I know that something supernatural happened. That what happened when the Christ child appeared may have looked ordinary, may have looked regular, may have looked human, but it was not at all. It was an eternal announcement that keeps saying to God's people, deliverance has come, deliverance has come. Deliverance has come. You need healing? Healing has come. Healing has come. Healing has come. You need a breakthrough? Anyone need a breakthrough? Breakthrough has come. Breakthrough has come. Anyone needs an open door of favor? Favor has come. Favor has come. And his name is what? Jesus! My God. He was born into relative obscurity. Relative obscurity. Number two. He grew up in astounding, he grew up in astounding humility. He grew up possessing astounding humility. Uh, go, go with me to that Luke verse for a second. You got to see this. You got to see this. In Luke, in Luke 2, 49 and 50, out of it for a second, I got to set them up. Because in Luke 2, starting from verse 41, it talks to you about Jesus as a teenager going with his family from Nazareth to Bethlehem to celebrate the Passover. And his parents take the trip there, and while they are there participating, Jesus slips away as a teenager from his family and finds himself in the synagogue with all of the priests and the wise teachers of religion. And he is conversing with them. He is astounding them. His parents 
don't see him and they're ready to leave Bethlehem. So they're thinking he came in our family group. Yes, he's got to be somewhere here. We will not worry. And they travel a day away looking he's going to show up somewhere. Look, not realizing that he literally stayed behind and was in the synagogue. They looked and looked, and a day passed, they turned back to go find him. The Bible said it took three days for them to find him. And when they found him, this is what we get. 49. Luke 2, 49. And he answered them, because mama sees him and says, you, you have, you have, you have really shook us right now. Why, why, why did you do this? We've traveled all this way and had to come back to get you. And this is his answer. And he said, why did you have to look for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Or did you not know I had to take care of my father's business? But they did not understand what he had said to them. Now this is where it gets interesting. He went down to Nazareth with them. Not, not Bethlehem, Nazareth. And was continually submissive and obedient. Hold a second, hold a second right there. Right there, right there, right there. Right there. He checks them when they press him for leaving the family behind and staying. You would think that, oh my goodness, he's God. He's got a right to, to say what he's there for. They need to understand. Blah, 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 blah. But as soon, as soon as he left, and went back to Nazareth with them, the first thing that we hear is that he was submissive and what? Obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. You will not understand this unless you understand that he came as a baby, but his spirit already knew what his purpose was. I want you to imagine yourself for a moment. Imagine yourself being Jesus. I want you to imagine yourself being Jesus. You, your spirit is God. And what your father wants you to do is put that eternal, majestic, all-knowing, all-powerful spirit into child labor. Come out as a baby. And then do not miss a single human protocol from birth to 33. Do you understand there were times when his brothers were trying to mess with him that he could have done like this? and knocked them a hundred feet away. He could have done and killed them. 
that somebody somewhere made him angry as he's a teenager. That mama said something to him as a two-year-old, like my son, that deserved an answer because he knows everything, guys. His spirit knows everything. His spirit knows when Joseph is saying something wrong and when Mary is saying something wrong. And yet, he keeps with protocol. He behaves exactly like a human baby would be. Oh my God. And I kept saying, okay, God, what, 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 why, why, why are you giving me this? And he said to me, because I want you to understand how important it was to obey my father. You see, for Jesus, disobedience to the father was sin. That if he had ever, mama, if he had ever stepped out of human protocol, he had to nurse like a baby. There were times when his mama, like most mamas, was taking too long with the breast milk. He could have activated his deity and nobody would know the difference. But he kept the protocol. You know why? Because he had, he knew that if he was going to be the example, if he was going to be the thing, the person, the picture of submission to God, he had to submit in every way. And to still not sin. In any way. What child is this? What, what child is this? Coming from relative obscurity and then, 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 then operating. This morning, you, you, you got, you, you've, got to, you've got to understand the God that is trying to love on you. You gotta understand the lengths to which the Godhead has gone. You gotta understand. You gotta understand. Relative obscurity grew up possessing astounding humility. I don't have the phrase to describe how you can stay in protocol when you are filled with the majesty of all the Godhead and you could continue to, to grow and behave exactly like every other human, baby, toddler, middle schooler, and teenager would behave and to submit yourself to that because that's what daddy wanted. Don't you let anybody mess with the salvation that is yours. Teenagers, you are going into places where corporate America, corporations will challenge your belief in God. They have nothing to stand on. You look at their life, 
you look at their lives and most of them, all they have is the accumulation of wealth. They are adept in moral capacity. They're empty. They have no empathy. They don't know what it means to really love and care. Everything in their lives comes down to a transaction. And on the other side of that, they're trying to tell you, you shouldn't serve a God like this. You got to know, you got to know, you got to know, you got to know, you got to know it, not in your head, you got to know it in your heart this morning. You got to know why you celebrate Christmas. You got to know why you really celebrate Christmas. He came from relative obscurity. He didn't have to, but he did it because of you and me. He lived. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. His life possessing astounding humility. And he didn't have to. But he was going to obey his daddy no matter what. What child is this? The last one. The last one. The last one. The last one. You... He lived in unparalleled purity. On parallel purity. Hebrews 2.18. Because he himself in his humanity. You see that? You see that? This is the Amplified. I, I'm reading it from him because I want you to get it right. He, because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted he is able to help and provide immediate what? Sustenance to those who are being tempted and exposed to suffering. Because he embraced his humanity without a mess up. He is qualified. You know what I've asked myself quite often? Son, Andrew, why have you not lived your Christian life with the kind of passion and tenacity that tells everyone around you that the God you serve and the Son, Jesus, really did what he said he was going to do? He did not cut any corners. He saw me thousands of years ahead of time. And he said, Andrew, Alfred, Josh, before you were even conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. I chose you. The reason I don't flip out as a baby when I ain't getting cereal at the time I want it is because I already in the spirit knew you and chose you and had things for your life that nobody else could give. So I got to do what I got to do now. Yes. 
The reason he held on, Debbie, is because he knew that your life decisions would be based on his life decisions. That he knew that in today's society, unless, unless it could be proven to your mind, because that's all we talk about today, education and how much you know. He knew the time would be coming when people are going to challenge what you think you know. And you got to know that you know that you know that the God you serve and his son Jesus kept his promise. And not because he had to, but because he saw you thousands of years ahead. And he says, I'm going to pay this price because I'm going to give my baby a chance to live. I'm going to pay this price because I'm going to give my child a chance to live. They're going to have a choice to make, but they're going to have a chance to live. They're going to have a chance to win. They're going to have a chance for favor. They're going to have a chance for blessing. If I could hold on and pay my price. I got up at 4, and by 4.30, God gave me this. Uh, his example was impeccable. Was so impeccable. His example was so impeccable. The wealthy could submit to it. It was, his teachings were so understandable, the poor could follow it. And I started to worship his example was so impeccable, people with money could submit. Because you know why? Because money isn't everything. And it don't matter how much money you have, when you find somebody with impeccable character, and then on top of that, they are sinless, if you don't follow them, if you don't submit, it's because you are bent in the wrong that you do. You don't want to change. His teachings were so understandable that the poor could follow it. What child is this? What child is this? I'm running, I'm ending with this. I tell you what child is this? And this is the part that got me. I walked up and down, came up to the church in the office, and I walked around just saying, God, whatever you need to do in the new year that is coming to make me more committed, make me more sanctified, make me more consecrated than I've ever been, do it. Because... He's that child. A child that would be normal, but never sin. Have you run across any of those recently? A child who would be tested and never transgress. You hear me? He was tested for your stuff and never transgressed. 
a child who knew, and this is the last one that got me, who knew he was born to die. I got a check in my spirit when God said to me, don't go overboard. God. It's the reason I don't want you to spend money you don't have, son, during Christmas. I didn't say to celebrate me and get deeper into death. I came to bring peace. I came to make you free, not to enslave you more. The world is trying to do that. And then they have the audacity to try and make you feel bad when you want to follow God's law. He died. He was born to die. I want you to get that this morning. When you celebrate him, you are not just celebrating the fact that he came. If you have any wits about you, you are celebrating the fact that he knew when he was born. That he's supposed to die. And he kept the protocol. Without sin. Until 33. When John the Baptist. Baptized him. And his father said from heaven. This is my son. My only son. In whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit came down like a dove and lay on his head. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Who wouldn't serve a God like this? You here this morning? And I say to you, what child is this? This is the child that has come to bring peace to your life. This is the child that has come to bring breakthrough to your circumstance. This is the child that is going to take you into the new year in victory. All you have to do is confess and believe. All you have to do is ask him to take over the steering wheel. Bow your heads with me. Dear Father, you're just that good. When we say, what child is this? We know now what child is this. You're a child that knew you were born to die. You were a child that knew that many of us would reject you and not even care about the price you paid. And yet you did it. Father, this morning, we lift our hands, even as you sit, and just talk to him for a moment. Father, on this Christmas, I give you worship. On this Christmas, I give you praise and thanks. On this Christmas, I say, there is nobody like you, Jesus. On this Christmas, I say, I give you everything that belongs 
supposedly to me, it now belongs to you. Father, wash us, wash us, wash us. Purify us, purify us, cleanse us. We sanctify ourselves in the same way you did to do the will of the Father. We sanctify ourselves to become the God chasers that you would want us to be, the Christ followers that you ordained us to be, the Jesus fanatics. Yeah, and be proud of it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me?